You're stepping into the fast lane with Ed Lane on 93.3 FM and 1320 AM Lynchburg, 7.30 AM Gretna, the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app, and telling Alexa or Google Home, Stating CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg, this is the fast lane. Apparently I might have spilled some beans here in the fast lane. That might have to wait. For another date and time, Trey Lyle with me, Ed Lane, as we welcome you in on this Monday. Not quite ready for the microphones to come on, but Trey jumped the gun just a little bit. Should we use the analogy, Trey, that you maybe got a head start before the restart zone to use a NASCAR analogy? Well, I would know it's more of... As I turn my mic on, I was I was not anticipating you keep going. I was, that's typically when I turn the mic on, like right as he starts to finish the the thing and then you kept going and so i <laughs> so when you say something and there's like and i'm in a group chat with a couple of front stretch people and it's like an, there's a running inside joke among us and then you kind of trigger the inside joke i can't stop laughing and then so it just throws their whole sh- start of the show off so we but uh i I can't even explain the joke to you. You just said it just so happenly, and then it just—I <laughs> put two and two together, and it actually equaled four for once. Usually in my house with our kids, two plus two equals pick a number out of a hat. Right now, but that is something maybe a little bit later. I don't want to unveil that one because I, I want to make sure we're okay on the up and up, and nobody gets uh, in trouble for this because we try to be kind and sensitive for the most part here in the fast lane, but apparently I just stumbled right into an inside joke, and uh, yeah, that's apparently what happened. And by the way, I'm not a big fan of huge, a huge fan of inside jokes unless you provide the context for them so that other people not familiar with the inside joke can get caught up to speed so i will provide you the context during break but i won't do it to the air let's put it that way that's fine it's called a refresher and we need a refresher on sports here in the fast lane and nascar just happens to fit the bill for that we'll use other sports though as an example to then circle back to the nascar race yesterday at indianapolis motor speedway i'm a tennis guy the wimbledon men's final was phenomenal between novak Djokovic and carlos alcaraz But they're not all that way. In fact, the last handful of Grand Slam finals before that were not so great. French Open, Djokovic wins handily. Australian Open, Djokovic wins handily. U.S. Open, pretty good one, actually, between, um, or in which, what's his name? Knocked off Casper, Carlos Alcaraz. Four sets. Not epic, but good. That's the reality of sports. Let's use other sports as an example. Super Bowl this past year. 38-35, 38-35, 73 combined points. It had offense. It had, uh, from a neutral fan's perspective, a back-and-forth game with a lot of storylines. Could the better roster, Philadelphia, knock off the better head coach quarterback, Mahomes and Reed? Didn't happen. NBA Finals, this past year, really wasn't all that entertaining. Yes, the final game was a seven-point spread or something like that, but it was a best-of-five is what it was. Four to one was the final score in the series between Denver and Trey's Miami Heat. We bring all that up just to say, not every year are you going to get an epic moment to win a championship. Not every year are you going to get an epic finish in a big-time event. There are certain games that come down to the wire in sports. There are other games that are blowouts and kind of not a lot of entertaining. And that's why yesterday's race at Indianapolis Motor Speedway on the road course, I'm fine with that outcome. It's not much of an indicator for a lot of things other than Good for Michael McDowell and Front Row Motorsports 
for getting the win yesterday at Indianapolis because this is not your big-time NASCAR driver or team. It's not Kyle Busch who has elevated the historic, albeit not necessarily great performing Richard Childress Racing, the last handful of years. It's not Chase Elliott with the power of Hendrick. It's not Denny Hamlin or Martin Truex Jr. with Joe Gibbs Racing, Joey Logano, Kevin Harvick, any of those guys. So for Michael McDowell to win, even though the race itself, I don't think was all that entertaining. They didn't have the traditional stage break cautions. They had the stage breaks, stages one, two, and three, but there were not cautions at the end of them, which featured a relatively tame race because there were not even manufactured cautions to change strategy in the field. Only one was at lap two. Correct. Early on in the race. Which, by the way, which, it kind of derailed the whole Ty Gibbs sweep the weekend thing. I yeah, wasn't too big of a fan of that. It. That derailed it. It wasn't the fact that Ty Gibbs got into it with like two drivers at two separate occasions. We're going to omit that fact, Trey. All right. Uh, I was going to add that uh, it, it, it was weird. Like There were a couple instances, I think mainly, ironically, the Todd Gillen wrecked, where if that was the oval, that's a caution. It just feels so inconsistent. I mean, I, I was okay. Like Overall, it's okay with no cautions. It was... You know, it, it seemed to just play out the way it did. But, uh, yeah, it's, it is what it is at this point. Uh, credit Michael McDowell. And a lot of it is also this. It's road course racing in NASCAR, which goes back to the other point. Like, in my perfect world, they go to the Indy race park because it's a short track and have that as part of the schedule. But under the former car, like, I don't, I don't see how this is that hard to figure out. Under the former car, where short tracks and road courses raced great and intermediates were horrible, that you should have gone with the road course at Indianapolis. Sorry to your colleague and one of my good friends, Mike Neff of FrenchStretch.com, who thinks it should always be on the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, the traditional brake car. Last iteration of the car, it was horrible on that. That's why they went to the road course. But under the current iteration of the car, which at least is going to be in its form until 2025, because next year they've already ordered the parts for it, so they're going to go back to that. Let's just go back to the brickyard because we've seen what racing is, a, and it can't be worse than this. You were and saying it's going to be at the Oval next year, right? It is it, the the this Cup Series race that was at the road course at Indianapolis yesterday is widely expected to go back to the traditional brickyard oval for the 30th anniversary of NASCAR racing at the Oval. Correct at, and, at brickyard, and it should based on the quality of racing because yesterday proved that out tray that it was not all that exciting. From a raw, I want side-by-side racing for the lead, there wasn't a lot of that. From the let's have passing at different junctures of the track, there really wasn't a lot of that. So I don't think there's a need to do that. In fact, if anything, I go with Mike Neff, I will agree with him on this. Put the cup race at the brickyard, the traditional oval. Put the Xfinity and the truck race, if you're going to have them both, and they're not always going to be there, but if you're going to have them both in Indianapolis, Put them at the Indy Race Park, the short track at Indianapolis, right next door, basically, to the current brickyard. Because that produces great racing. And frankly, the Xfinity Series is producing entertaining racing on the majority of the tracks on which they race. But appreciate yesterday for what it is. The fact that it's a changeup. The fact that, as we noted on our InsaneRadioDeals.com fast takes, absence makes the heart grow fonder. The absence of side-by-side racing, thrilling action, 
and the big epic moments toward the end and the cautions that often get created and bring those moments about, especially oddly enough this year where you can get boring first half of the races and then as Kyle Busch says, cautions breed cautions. It happens. There's one caution, a bunch more follow, and all of a sudden it gets wild, squirrely, and very entertaining at the end. You didn't have any of that. But it's okay to extrapolate that. We're using a big word here in the fast lane. They say act like you've been there, but we haven't. You can extrapolate that from the fact that you can feel good for Michael McDowell just listening to his emotions afterwards. First, and this is why the network TV groups pay the big bucks to carry and get the first opportunity to interview the race winner on the track afterwards because, as Michael McDowell noted yesterday, you get this type of emotion on the track when you get out of the car for the first time. Such a big deal. I mean... You know, winning the Daytona 500 was one of the coolest moments you could ever have. Uh, but going to victory lane without your family, that was tough. And so <laughs> we cherry pick. My family comes to the races. We think we can win. We thought we could win this one. Just so proud. You hear him get choked up at the end. Just so proud. And then he, he starts to choke up. Do you love that? It's not going to happen every week because for the most part, you're getting drivers who've won multiple times and gotten to victory lane. I don't know how Chris Buescher doesn't get that emotional when he gets to victory lane. That's kind of his personality. But, I mean, everybody else, they're excited, but there is a been there, done that element to it as well. They give the fans what they want. Great burnouts, a great show. But you can kind of hear in the tone of their voice, they're used to it. And frankly, it's part of a bigger goal for a lot of those drivers, racing for championships. For Michael McDowell, I mean, this achieves a goal for that organization. Because a goal for them, and it is for everyone, but especially for Front Row Motorsports, which is an underfunded NASCAR organization. It's not very well known. McDowell, Todd Gilliland. Yes, the son of David Gilliland. He wasn't exactly well noted himself, but neither is Ty. That's Todd, not Ty. Todd Gilliland. You're not getting that much out of them. So to see him win and to whoop the field for once, that's what's kind of cool about this. Okay, yes, it's boring racing. But Michael McDowell came in with the best car and clearly showed that at a road course race where Truex and Reddick have often been very good. Chase Elliott has good pedigree. Kyle Larson is good. Daniel Suarez ran very well for much of the day and is in a much better piece of equipment. And then the excitement around the international guys like Kobayashi and SVG and the others that came in. Yet it's Michael McDowell who didn't just win, he dominated. This was not a fluky Derek Cope wins the Daytona 500 type thing where 27 cars crash and voila, he's the only one standing. Heck, it's not Michael McDowell's Daytona 500 win where a couple cars crash in front of him and he just happens to split the middle, be okay, and he's there to get the checkered flag. Whoa, not one of those. And that's what's cool. And you get the raw emotion after the race and even continued afterwards when he did this social media post from the elevator. Oh man, I cannot believe it. We won to Indianapolis, such a dominant race car. So thankful our team front row and everybody um, on this Horizon Hobby Ford Mustang were so fast today. Uh, you know, just to be able to execute like that and do what we needed to do, it's, it's unbelievable. To, to win the Daytona 500, now the win at Indy, have my family here with me celebrating, uh, doesn't get much more special than that. It's awesome, you love it. You're not going to get these moments all the time, Trey, of a driver flat out dominating the way that Michael McDowell did as the underfunded driver. And the racing, you know, to me, it left a lot to be desired in terms of just the raw entertainment value. But much like people say it's okay to have wild card races here and there in the NASCAR schedule, 
which are Daytona, Talladega, and Atlanta. You've got six of those. I think it's okay occasionally, Trey, to have a random race or two where the results are not what you predicted, not necessarily indicative of what you're going to get going forward, but you know that's okay. It's the variety, the spice is life, and that absence of the dramatic Game 7 moment, of the epic side-by-side racing and multiple grooves and strategies occasionally is good. And to the credit, by the way, of this race, Trey, what maybe tops it off is the fact that this race was about two hours, two and a half hours. It was not extremely long. So it didn't feel like you had to sit through this excruciatingly long, slog, overly drawn-out event. We didn't need another 100 or 200 miles at Indianapolis to determine what the best outcome was going to be and what the likely outcome is going to be. We already got that by seeing what we saw yesterday in the 200-mile event. And that in and of itself is pretty cool. Good time frame, not the best quality of racing and outcome, but having something like this occasionally sprinkled into the schedule, it's fine to have that as a changeup. Do you need to change up your routine? Then maybe you need a better health plan than what you've gotten previously, and that's why you need to go to InsaneRadioDeals.com. See, you can change up your look with the Lotus Beauty Bar. You can change up your look, physique-wise, with Crosswood Athletic Club individual, couple, and family memberships. Available for the first three months for new members at InsaneRadioDeals.com. And of course, when you shop there, you can save plenty of dollar, dollar bills, y'all. In the immortal words of our guy, Kenny Powers, who just so happens to be a theme of the Fast Five at Five-ish. It's time for the Fast Five at Five-ish. Five fast-paced, quick-witted things you need to know right now. Number five. Speaking of... Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. I wonder where they will wind up going in what has become a bombshell story in the world of sports and entertainment. Former NFL player Michael Orr, who is the subject of The Blind Side, the documentary and the book, has now petitioned a court in Shelby County with allegations that Sean and Lee and Tui never actually adopted him but instead tricked him into signing a document making them his conservators, which allowed the Tui family to enrich themselves and not give Michael Orr the proceeds that came from the ever-popular movie, The Blind Side. They got 2%, 2.5% of that particular movie, the Tui family did. It is alleged that Michael Orr did not get anything from the movie The Blind Side. Uh, first of all, it kind of stinks just in terms of what you saw out of that movie. And you not only wonder if Michael Orr is going to continue with this lawsuit and how far this will go, but do other people get involved? Does the company that put on the movie The Blind Side get involved? Or have they already collected their dollar, dollar bills, y'all? And they're good to go. Does Sandra Bullock do that as well? Because she was the star of this particular movie. Or does it not really damage her reputation because everyone knows that, hey, they told a story, they made what they made, and now they're out. It's just kind of sad to see how this unfolds. And then the other part is, look, I'm the parent of two boys that are five years old. And we reference them often here in the fast lane in love and sometimes in you know the humor of parenting twin five-year-old boys. My wife and I adopted them. I cannot imagine doing something like this to my kids. They're my kids. They're mine. They're, they're, they're our family. My wife and I, they're our kids. I just, I cannot fathom doing something like the Tui family did and tra- treating it as a conservatorship as opposed to actually adopting him so that they could get the proceeds as opposed to Michael Orr himself. 
I mean, look, my job as a parent of kids that we adopted is to be a parent like any other parent would be and to raise them to be the best kids possible. And however that turns out, you know, hopefully upstanding, wonderful, as a Christian, God-fearing young men, that, that would make me very happy when they become adults. But if they were to also position themselves for financial wealth and success, and that's a priority and they achieve that, phenomenal. It's theirs. They earn it. That's what they do. I hope they don't you know, forget mom and me is mom and me and you know, still want to hang out with us and see us and do all that. But inevitably, I just I cannot fathom that thought as a parent. And it just sucks, Trey, that a movie that you came out that came out with a story that's part of this now has clearly been tainted, as we have seen with Michael Orr's The Blind Side apparently being exposed for something much worse than it actually was. Yeah, uh, it was a little shocking. Also, not shocking. Like it, it felt like, and maybe that's just the like you know <laughs> thought and backside of my brain. Is uh, it because it was a SEC football player in SEC country that was recruited by SEC schools? And well, when you put that conference in, who knows what you're getting? It's you know you you read his actual story like he was nothing like what he was portrayed in the movie. Like he was, uh, you know, from a especially an intellectual point of view. Um, so yeah, it's. I'm not shocked by this. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, this is. It, I I know it probably hits you closer to home than it does me. Um, so, but it's just. Yeah, it's kind of sad to see it. Well, point. well, yeah, and from your perspective, it's not shocking in the sense that these things happen all the time, and there are shady individuals and people all the time. And when it comes to highly skilled athletes, there are a lot of legal guardians out there where you can question just whether the guardian part means something or not. And that does exist often when people identify extremely impressive and rare athletic traits that might be profitable in some form or fashion, like with Michael Orr. I've seen this plenty of times in basketball and in football because of the financial wealth that can come in those particular sports. That part is not shocking. Heck, the part that it is with a guy where you know everything unfolds in SEC country and everything is basically Truman show atized if we're you know, creating a phrase here. That's also not shocking. The, the the unfortunate part is the parent of adopted kids part. That's the more unfortunate angle to be fully transparent. Speaking of SEC or wannabe SEC. Number four. Florida State's future is still uncertain ahead of Tuesday's decision to decide whether they will be in the ACC or not for the upcoming 2024-2025 season however no board of regents meeting has been scheduled as of now and the board must approve any membership change so that the seminoles will remain in the acc or choose to head elsewhere Uh, trey does this not confirm what a lot of people thought which is at the first chance fsu clemson and perhaps miami north carolina north carolina state virginia virginia tech get they would bolt for the sec for greener pastures that the acc is not budging because like it or not, Florida State or whoever, the ACC still has leverage because of the ever ironclad grant of rights. Yeah, I'm not shocked by this. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. I think it's going to have to be a mass ex- exodus before the next couple of years. Uh, in, in terms of, it has to be half the league, so i.e. the Magnificent Seven, um, to get out, and that I think is the only step that will 
will need to be taken. So we'll, uh, but we'll see if that happens. You need to get another school or two involved in the Magnificent, Magnificent Seven to get it over that eight to nine threshold and effectively dissolve. But if the it's conference. the, I mean, like those, if it's the seven major players, it that that would probably all it takes. Yeah, the only reason I brush back on that trade is there's the legality to it. And I mean, we've seen that things that are in legalese have clearly dominated this type of decision making. Uh, But if you could convince another school or two to go, I don't know, Duke for basketball, Louisville for their prestige and cachet for whatever that's worth. Maybe it's Duke basketball. I mean, that's the easy one that seems to be there for me. Plus, somebody's got to take the losses in football and Duke seems positioned for that. Um yeah, that's the next direction. Speaking of basketball, by the way. Number three. The Liberty Flames will face the Furman Paladins in the opening round of the 2023 Myrtle Beach Invitational on November 16th. Um, bracket for the eight-team event, the winner will face Wichita State or Coastal Carolina. The loser will face the loser of that matchup, by the way. Um good for Liberty for adding this type of game. It's hard to get these type of games and teams on the schedule. The made-for-TV event, which is basically what this is, is maybe not ideal for most fans, but it's kind of cool that Liberty's at least going this route and boosting their schedule uh, as much as reasonable within the confines of it being a very challenging thing to do as well. We touched on with Richie McKay in our chat with him from the Fastlane a month or so ago, which you can hear at Fastlane Edlane, where you listen to podcasts. Number two. The University of Lynch athletic director john waters announced that they will add men's volleyball in the 2024-2025 academic year they are already searching for their new head coach with the goal of practices beginning november of 2024 and starting their inaugural season in january of 2025 26 intercollegiate sports at the University of Lynchburg, which is a pretty profound number to bring that many in. Uh, I'll be the first to admit, though, I didn't realize how many other schools in the ODAC had men's volleyball. Roanoke, Randolph-Macon, Eastern Mennonite are all part of the Continental Volleyball Conference. Also, Averett and Virginia Wesleyan do play basketball as well, plus Randolph announcing volleyball for the upcoming academic athletic year, which leads us into... And number one on the Fast Five The Randolph Wildcats announcing not only volleyball, but wrestling for men's and women's sports as part of their 2024-2025 year. And the reason I'd put them number one is that's a little bit more surprising than the University of Lynchburg, which we know the success they had in baseball this past year, winning the NCAA Division III Baseball Championship. We also know that they've had a very good run in sports like women's soccer, men's soccer, field hockey, and men's lacrosse, as well as basketball. So they've established themselves in a lot of sports. Randolph College is trying to grow in that regard, but it's a much smaller school academically with a much smaller student and alumni base. So that's mighty ambitious for them to add men's and women's wrestling plus in addition or in addition to adding men's volleyball going forward. Um, The other thought is this, is this going to be an offshoot? Uh, maybe the breakaway that's happening at the top of college athletics that if football breaks off at certain universities and they treat it differently or the uh, congressional powers that be get involved and limit uh, what happens in that department, that all of a sudden, because of the financial play, we know everything at that level is motivated by dollar, dollar bills, y'all. that you've got people that are saying, hey, maybe there's going to be an out, outcropping and outsourcing of those other sports to play, which means there are more opportunities at the Division Three level. That's not in my bandwidth, per se, to figure out whether that's going to happen, but I, I'm just throwing that scenario out there as something to consider. And there is 
is your Fast Five at Five-ish. When we return in the Fast Lane, more on the Liberty Flames. Plus, Virginia Tech and UVA. All that's still to come. This is the Fast Lane on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app and Fast Lane Ed Lane, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and wherever you listen to podcasts.